will not get out at 12 o'clock. <laughs> Unless you walk out on your own. <laughs> I can't prevent you from that. Oh, dear. Book upon book upon book. I have an important message for you, brethren. I'm not beating the air. So glad to see you all. Betty, you too. It's so nice to be back again. And this is not a cliche. I always enjoy to come back to Brooklyn. Whether you enjoy me or not, that's another issue. I enjoy you, okay? Uh, the burden of my message this morning is... The Isaiah text, but the last portion of it, which says, I will not give my glory unto another. A very important message. Now, may I say this, Isaiah is the greatest messianic prophet in the whole Bible. I have great respect for Moses, and I think he stands in biblical history without an equal. No one has ever been exalted to the place of Moses, but Isaiah, when it comes to the Messiah, stands in front of him. He wrote more about the Messiah than anybody else. He was a prophet. So was his wife. What a happy marriage, you know. I mean, two prophets usually get along pretty well. They had children, but he ended up, you know, cut asunder as a martyr. But I almost said it was appropriate. If he wrote so much about Jesus, he had to die as Jesus died as a martyr, correct? So, the title again, I will not give my glory unto another. I'd like to ask you one or two questions. What's the difference between assassination and execution? What's the difference? Well, let's agree first what they are the same in. When somebody is assassinated and somebody, is, somebody else is executed, they are both dead. Correct, brethren? There is no difference there. The manner you leave this world is different, but the end result is the same. Correct? Uh, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. John Kennedy, Martin Luther King. I could list a few individuals from our days, but then I am getting too political and I stay away from it. Oh, I appreciate that. You bring it to me. I need it. I have a problem. My problem is Low blood pressure, not high blood pressure. People, when they are getting up in the 80s, like I'm 85 and a half, my blood pressure is low, low, low. And sometimes I'm dizzy. This is supposed to help. If I faint, you pick me up, all right? Otherwise, I am very healthy. <clears throat> so, somebody is assassinated, somebody is executed, the end result is the same. Is that correct, brethren? But it makes a difference how you are executed. I was watching 
war trials of World War II war criminals, mostly Germans, politicians and generals. <clears throat> I, may I reveal a little family secret about my own mother? She's dead, so, you know, it's not affecting her. My mother was hoping to the end of World War II that the Germans will win. She was. But the Germans didn't win. And of course, I was watching the trials and the verdicts, and I have been reading books about the Nuremberg trials. English author who says it wasn't fair. It was not fair. Now, brethren, let me say this. This is not a political sermon. I am preaching biblical truths, principles. I am using only illustrations. I have no burden to promote the right or the left. Are you agree with me? I was too young. I was born in 35, so, you know, war ended in 45, and I was only 10 in 45, fortunately. Now, I was in the Hungarian army, which was a communist army, but that was a little bit later. <clears throat> now, our family was friends of the Germans. There is lots of Reason behind it, cultural, historical, I am not going into. Uh, I remember some of the German generals requested during the trial they would be shot. But the judge says, no, that's too good for you. We will hang you. And they did. My personal conviction that it's no offense to you folks. Some Russians should be condemned as war criminals. Few Americans should have been. And French and British. I was at the international airport in Detroit years back, walking up and down on the corridor, I had to wait. And the Germans displayed, oh, about 100 excellent photographs of Dresden after the bombing. You remember bombing Dresden? I mean, waves after waves after waves of liberators, British and American, flew over the city that had no military installation in it. No industry, military industry, no army but lots of civilians, refugees, and they bombed and bombed. I had a church member, a Hungarian church member, who lived through that bombing. Now, I'm not going into detail. I'm just using this as an illustration that history is usually written by the winners not the losers. Those who win the war, they write the history. And that history is 
not always factual. How thankful we can be for the doctrine of the investigative judgment. Because the investigative judgments opens the books before the unfallen beings up there. And everybody can read the true history, including motives. When, judge, when that judgment make a pronouncement, you can trust that it will be to the honor of God. Now, <clears throat> was Jesus assassinated or was he executed? Before the incarnation, he was assassinated morally, character-wise. That's the way the great controversy started in heaven. But that assassination attempt, I don't, I don't go into American history where they made assassination attempt on U.S. president. You go to the web page and look it up. Interesting, interesting. More than one president survived, but not all. But yes, the war started in heaven, and Jesus was falsely accused, and that false accusation broke into real war. Are you with me so far? Now, what was the general uh, manner of execution among the Jews? Well, the number one was stoning, correct? Stoning. Some were executed by the sword. A few hung, but basically the major type or manner of execution was stoning. But stoning was not good enough for the Jews. Are you with me so far? Now, please, what I am telling you, I am telling you in the context of my opening text, Isaiah 48, 11, the last part, I will not give my glory unto another. God is very jealous of his glory but not with the jealousy that we are jealous with, you know. Have you ever been jealous? Man, don't raise your hand. And you was courting a nice girl and somebody else took her. Woo! Or girls, vice versa. And you were courted by a nice, handsome man and Another girl came and took him. We get angry. But this is not the jealousy when we speak about God's jealousy. This jealousy is a salvation issue. Very important. A salvation issue. I will not give my glory unto another. Now, what is the glory of the Lord, brethren? What is his glory? His character. That's where assassination started in heaven, a false accusation. <clears throat> I remember reading World War II stories now, I just have to tell you briefly that, you know, we lived under German occupation and we lived under Russian occupation. So 
propaganda on one side, propaganda on the other side. Those are the bad guys. These folks said, no, no, we are okay. Those are the bad guys. What is the truth? It's a salvation issue. You remember the last election just a few weeks ago? Or month. You remember all the charges and countercharges? Oh. I am so glad that I can trust the investigative judgment when the books will be open. But brethren, those historical records are recorded by holy angels. Is that correct? No bias there. No deception there. The facts are put down as they are including the motives. I remember uh, defense lawyers for some of the German generals says, okay, we like to bring up this fact in defense. And the ruling judge says, no, you cannot bring that up. You cannot bring that up. I am not trying to defend one side or the other. We lived on both sides. We heard both sides. I'm just simply saying, I thank the Lord that there is an investigative judgment and you better thank him too. You and I will not be falsely accused. And if Christ is for us, who can be against us, brethren? Who can be against? Uh, I told you that the Jews were not satisfied with possibly stoning Jesus. Now, what did Pilate right on the cross. And it was written in Latin, in Greek, and in Hebrew. What was the text that he wrote? The reason of his condemnation. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. So, <clears throat> in the Roman eyes, it was a political issue. How can he be a king without Caesar's approval or nomination? Herod was the king, is that correct? Now, that was a false accusation. He was not running for political office. Is that correct, brother? But what were the theological issues that were no, carried no weight with the Romans. His sonship, he claimed to be the son of God. Now, for the Romans, that was not an issue. Many Caesars claimed to be divinity, claimed divinity. So that was not an issue for Pilate. But it was a very important issue for the Jews. And may I say, it's a very important issue for us. The Muslims still deny, accept him as a Messiah, but not the son of the father. They deny his uh, divinity. And there are so-called Christians, Jehovah Witnesses, who deny the full divinity of Christ. So we have to recognize the moral ethical issue. There was political too, but the real reason was moral for the Jews. And so it is for us. 
How did Jesus pray in the Garden of Gethsemane? Father, let this cup pass from me, if possible. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he prayed that three times. In his high priestly prayer, a little bit earlier, he says, Father, I have glorified your name on earth. I have finished the work that you have given me to do. Now, brethren, that's another big theological issue. What he finished and what he did not finish. He finished the revelation of the character of God. Is that correct? There is no greater revelation available. There is no additional greater revelation available. If the character of Christ does not convict me, there is no hope for me. And no hope for you either. So as far as revealing the character of the Father, and of course the Son, and of course the Holy Spirit, he finished the work, and he said so. But the plan of redemption was not finished. It's still not finished. So what is finished, what is not finished, I'm not going into this. You have to invite me back again sometimes. But uh, it doesn't fit into my sermon because I prepared something else. Now, let's go page two and then page three. I go back to the story of the time of Samuel. I love that story. I read that story many times, and every time I reread the story of Samuel, it just touches my heart. I picture myself into that home of Elkanah and Anna, The difficulties they had, ultimately the Lord gave additional three boys and two girls to Anna. So Anna had six children, five after the birth of Samuel, three boys, two girls. But I admire that every year she went up, visited her son with a new suit or robe or whatever you call, and Samuel was growing in the home of Eli. Do you remember the story of that home? Eli had two sons, that were wicked. The scripture says they were the sons of Belial. Adulterers. Stealing. I mean, the Lord sent a prophet and told Eli, Eli, because you put your sons before me, I will take away the priesthood from your dynasty. There is no there is no remedy, there is no forgiveness, there is no remedy for this kind of a sin, but you are guilty. 
Very serious matter. Very serious matter. Children are dear to us. I had two daughters. Two granddaughters, one grandson, two son-in-laws. Where shall I stop? Uh, I had my challenge. I had my challenge, but by God's grace, I was able to stand with the truth in spite of a painful decision that I had to make. I like the description of what 1 Samuel 3, 19, 20, 21 says. Let me just read the first verse. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did not, and did let none of the words fall on the ground. Brethren, what a quality in this little young boy as he grew up did let none of the words of the Lord fall on the ground. And from Dan to Beersheba, everybody knew that he was a prophet. There was no question. Now we come to the hard experience. Here is the real essence of the illustration I like to bring. All what I said was preparation to this. Did you get that? All was just preparation. The Philistine comes. They gather at Ebenezer. Israel goes out, the Philistines line up, and Israel loses the battle. So the elders ask the question, why? Is that a good question, brother? Is that a very relevant question, even today? Now, please remember, when I speak about the Philistines, I will mention that we will have to meet the Philistines in our lives. Are you with me so far? We will have to meet the Philistines. This is not an old story that is no longer relevant because oh, over 3,000 years ago, everybody is dead. No, 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 no. We are going to meet the Philistines. And whether we win or lose depends how prepared we are. So the elders asked, why did we lose? What a tragedy that they did not give a biblical answer. Just social, social. Now, there is a reason. Let's fetch the Ark of the Covenant. So they sent the priest, Hophni and Phinehas, go back, bring the Ark, and the scripture says, <clears throat> when the Ark of Covenants arrived, Israel shouted so that the earth trembled. And the Philistines says, what's going on in the camp of Israel? Israel, we just beaten them. Why are they shouting? And then somebody says, yes, because the God of Israel has come to the camp. They brought out the ark. And if you read the story, 1 Samuel chapter 4, 5, uh, when you go home, you read the story, okay? <clears throat> the Philistines tremble. Trembled with fear. What shall we do? We remember what Egypt suffered because they did not obey. It's interesting. The Philistines remember the <coughs> plagues 
that the Egyptians suffered because they did not let Israel go. <coughs> Excuse me. So they, they came to a conclusion. Listen to me carefully. They came to a conclusion. Says, we have to fight until death. We don't want to serve the Israelites. We will fight them. And they did. And they overcame Israel again. And not only slaughtered 30,000 Jews, but they took the ark. Now, you read the story when somebody escaped from the battle, uh, running home, telling Eli, who was 98 years old, that we lost the battle, your two sons died too. Eli was able to take it. But when the man says, the Ark of the Covenant is taken, Eli couldn't take it. He fell back, broke his neck, and died. Now, Phineas' son was expecting and because of the bad news, she started to deliver. She died. But before she died, the child was born, and his name was what? <coughs> Ichabod. Thank you. Somebody said it well. Ichabod. The glory has departed. I have to finish this faster because I will lose you if I stretch it out, okay? <clears throat> but the real story comes now, brethren. The real story comes now. I wrote down the name of the cities. They had five major cities. They, they took the Ark of the Covenant, first Ashdod, into the temple of Dagon. You remember what happened the first day. When they went in, Dagon fell on his face on the ground. Oh, this was accident. They set him up again. Next morning, his arms and his neck was cut off. So they took the Ark to the next city. And then the next city. But the scripture says the Lord sent plagues. And the Philistines were crying out. And finally they decided we have to give gifts. Gifts to the God of Israel. And return the ark voluntarily. Now, brethren, I wish Eli would have learned this before he died. The Lord says, I will not give my glory to somebody else. Definitely not to idols. And the Lord defended his glory. And he will defend his glory in the future. But brethren, how do we go out to the battle? Now let me emphasize something. <clears throat> when Hophni and Phineas took out the ark, which ark did they take out? The ark that was built by, Mo, Mo, not Moses in person, but during his time, covered with gold inside and outside, correct? Strictly built according to God's definition. Covered with gold, inside, outside. What kind of a commandment was in the ark? The altar that we have today, in many churches, if you read the Ten Commandments, you know, it's not as it is in Exodus 20. 
Ma, in the ark was the original one written with God's hand. Is that correct? I hope you know history. I'm just repeating, brethren, something that you know. I have this book, bought it in 89, Seventh-day Adventist Belief, 27 Biblical Exposition of Fundamental Doctrines. It is an exceptionally good book, well-documented. The doctrines are proven beyond shadow of doubt. It is a good, you better get this book and read it. Now, it's probably 28 doctrines, maybe. Yeah, one has been added, but that's immaterial. <clears throat> it's not enough to take this to the field, as it was not enough to take the ark covered with gold inside and out and containing the Ten Commandments. The Tenth Commandment should have been in their hearts. But Hophni and Phineas were common sinners. Even their father was frustrated with them. But the Lord says, I will not give my glory to somebody else. First of all, beginning with Israel. If they had the wrong concept, you will suffer defeat. And they did. They did. But the Lord honored his glory by persuading the Philistines voluntarily to return the ark. Are you with me, brethren? There is a lesson in it for us. Now, the tragic story is that the Philistines should have been converted and joined the Israelite like Ruth the Moabite did, correct? When Ruth said finally to Naomi, your people are my people, Your God is my God. Wherever you go, I go. And Naomi was preparing for that heavenly Canaan. Only death do us part. She was a truly converted Moabite. No longer Moabite, I would say, in the spiritual sense. So, I'm just giving you a little information in closing. Here is a book I got in 2010, 11 years ago. I'm still reading and rereading. In granite or ingrained. If you don't have the book, get it. In Granite or Ingrained by Skip McCarthy. By Skip McCarthy. The merits of this book is that deals with the controversial issue of New Covenant, Old Covenant. You remember, we have been accused that we live in the Old Covenant because we try to keep the law and this, that, that. And the evangelicals live in the new covenant and Adventists are just way behind. Now, brethren, there is no other book that brings it out when the Bible speaks about new covenant in the Old Testament time, speaks about experience. And when the Bible speaks about Old Covenant, in the New Testament time, it speaks about experience. Experience, very important. Okay.
There is no financial reward here when I promote these books, okay? I just want you to know that. There are two books here from Samuel Bakioki. God's Festivals in Scripture and in History. There are four in the fall. No, no, four in the spring, I misspoke. Four in the spring and three in the fall. Everything, literally everything was fulfilled at the first advent of Christ according to the spring festivals. Everything. And may I say, everything will be fulfilled at the fall festivals. Then he comes a second time. Do you know, do you want to know what's happened, when it happens, how it happens? Study the festivals. In closing, I bought a book somebody recommended, and I thank the Lord I bought it. If you have a pencil and paper, just write down on the bulletin. If you have a pencil and paper, I give you the info. Get your pencil, get the bulletin, and write down this. If you have internet. If not, you can ask your friend to do this for you. www. Godsholidays.com. Let me repeat it. www.godsholidays.com. You can download this book free. And it proves beyond the shadow of doubt that those are not ritual holidays. Which was done away at the cross, correct? No more sacrifice, that's right. But this book proves beyond the shadow of doubt that the festivals are moral laws. Moral laws. Uh, brethren, I, I, I could go into illustrating things from political development, and, but I, I rather don't do it because uh, the FBI might come and arrest me like Mr. Stones. You remember Mr. Stones? He was a good friend of Trump. Just a good friend and stood for him. And one morning, about eight, ten FBI men with guns pulled, walked up to his home. He was in his PJ. His wife was still in the bed. And they just took him and arrested him. Trump had to pardon him to get him out. No process of the law. No process of the law. That's what's waiting for you and for me. I pray that the good Lord would help me. Because, may I say, dearly beloved, the ark whether it was in the camp of Israel or in the camp of the Philistines still remained the same. Is that correct? Nothing changed. Nothing changed. Character 
withstands investigation. If you are right, they can turn you upside down, turn you left, turn right. You remain the same. Righteousness can endure investigation. Nothing changes. May the Lord help us that we would be truly covered with gold inside and outside. That the Ten Commandment was not only engraved, but ingrained in our soul. And then even if we are in the camp of the Philistines, so what? If I have to die like Isaiah died, I don't want to. Listen, I enjoy life. I enjoy life at 85 and a half. And I hope to live another 30 years. <clears throat> Maybe more. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I am not planning to walk out to the cemetery. I buried many people in this cemetery here to the right. Many. But I don't intend to walk out there as I postpone it as long as I can. But I wanted gold inside and outside. So that if they capture me and take me to Gath or Akron or wherever, the Philistines camp, I will remain the same. Strive for that. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for not walking out on me. Lord bless you real good. Thank you. Thank you, um, Pastor Potansky. Uh, we're going to have a closing hymn now, which is 578, So Send I You. Oh, that's changed. Never mind. The closing for uh, today is 590, Trust and Obey. And if we could all stand. It's 
Our loving Heavenly Father, the faithful and true witness told us to buy gold tried in fire. Loving Father, not only on the outside, but in the inside, like in the Ark of the Covenant, we should be covered with that gold. Grant us a grace so that whatever situation we will be placed, we will be loyal to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.